0: Hey, and welcome back to another episode of To Be Wed podcast, your one-stop shop for all things planning a wedding. I'm your host, Emily.
1: And I'm your co-host, Mike.
0: And today we're talking the dreaded coronavirus.
1: The big C word.
0: A big part, unfortunately, of all wedding planning these days. Before we jump in today, we have a new segment. Do you want to explain? Uh,
1: the segment is going to be where we bring a new trend to the table each week and we're going to alternate weeks. So each week of each week, either of us will bring a new trend to the table that we haven't heard about before and we'll give our opinions on what we think this trend is um, and whether you should have it at your wedding. We're tentatively calling this segment What's on Fleek This Week and If anyone has any other ideas for what they think the segment should be called, please let us know because we only just came up with that a few minutes ago, but I think it'll stick. Um, And Emily has a new trend for this week.
0: well, I think it's great. The trend I'm bringing to the table this week is thongs or flip-flops, whatever you call them, at your reception. So having a bucket of thongs that guests, when they arrive, can change into... Mm -hmm.
1: I laugh, I laugh because Emily has had this idea. (laughs) I didn't know she was bringing this today but Emily had this idea for our wedding and I have been um,
0: against against
1: this (laughs) from the start but interested to hear her ideas on it. So why would this be a good thing? Do you think this is – I know you think this is a good thing so can you tell me why?
0: Well, because most people – there is a certain cohort of people at the wedding – who will probably wear uncomfortable shoes, me being one of them. And I know people like, oh, you can just wear flats or go barefoot. No, that is an extra thing to bring. If I had like a bucket of thongs in the corner that anyone could go grab, I think that would make my life easier and everyone else's. Plus, I actually think that it will help on the dance floor to get more people on the dance floor because I know people like me when – my feet get sore. I am gonna go sit down for a five minute break, and I feel like that could just ruin the whole dance floor vibe.
1: Mm, why don't that. you like it? Well, I think I play the. I have to play the devil's advocate because otherwise, we just end up with a hundred pair of used pairs of thongs after our wedding day that we then have to get rid of. Like this is for me, it's an environmental concern, and I play that card. But I feel like why can't we just all go barefoot if we're uncomfortable in thongs? Is that well, out, of the, out of the question. Like I why? See why do, why do we need to go thongs? Go why do we need thongs at the reception?
0: Well, I think it's also like a favour, but I get the I get the whole environmental thing. I also just think it's a novelty. Or for the grant. Well, you could definitely you like. It. It'd be so cool if you could print. I saw someone on Instagram. They actually got like their faces printed on one thong each. So like when you wore <laughs> that's, them, that's it was the couple. That's a little. Extra. Yeah. Well, they're rich, so. They can be extra.
1: Yeah, well, environment, no, don't care at all.
0: Well, yeah, because I'll just carbon offset or something.
1: I doubt they do doing go do into that much though. But how about we, like, can you ask people to bring their own thongs? Is that in no, the question? No, that Is doesn't that make it
0: nearly as You bring fun. thongs
1: and just have like a, it's on have a spot you for though. them. And it's have a spot for them at the start of the day and then you, you bring them all along to the reception.
0: No. No. I think. Okay. Well, I'm like, just bring other shoes. Like it is on you to wear comfortable shoes, but I just think it would be a fun little party thing, you know, like a photo booth. Like you don't really need a photo booth because you have a photographer, but you have it because it's novelty and it's fun.
1: Yeah, well, fair, fair. But it's all for you really. Like this is all for the bride really. No. Wearing uncomfortable shoes.
0: There are a range of different people who wear uncomfortable shoes. You can't tell me your shoes are going to be comfortable. Well, they won't be, but I I have to deal
1: with it. Or I'll go barefoot on the dance floor. I think I'll be breaking moves Yeah, but in some barefoot. venues
0: don't allow you to go barefoot. Oh, oh, but, but they then I don't really weird know if they allow thongs.
1: thongs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seeing very convincing arguments here. All
0: right. I just thought it would be a cool idea. Okay. Anyone and else out
1: there have any ideas, please let us know.
0: Yes, it would look very on Instagram Instagrammable.
1: At Wed underscore podcast on Instagram. Please let us know. We would love to hear from you guys.
0: But anyways, moving on from our thong debate, <laughs> it's something that we will take. To next three months.
1: And if I get any good ideas about why I should have it, maybe we'll have it at our wedding. Uh, Maybe. Maybe I can be convinced, but I need some strong (laughs) arguments.
0: (laughs) So help me out. So I guess that brings us to our topic today. And it's one that I feel like no one likes to talk about and we don't want to think that it's part of our world. But unfortunately, COVID has affected 2020 weddings, 2021, and looks like affecting 2022 weddings. So I think it's important to talk about both proactive things that you can do before your wedding and also battling COVID throughout like on the day.
1: Mm, Because it still is a real thing that we have to deal with. Like as much as we were like planning our wedding and thinking that it was all smooth sailing from here, we've now like had another outbreak. Here in Australia of it, even though we've had a vaccine, like there's still people in isolation. So it's still something that we really have to deal with. And and we're just trying to think about some ways we can still try to move ahead with our planning through this time.
0: Yeah, and I think it's hard because we've gone into this new phase of the pandemic, whereas before it was like you can't have a wedding or if you do have a wedding, you can have 50 and there was all these limits on it. Whereas now we're moving into this stage where we have to be a bit more free thinking about it Mm. and really consider our own what we're comfortable with and what we think our guests and what we're it was asking almost easier, our to be.
1: It was almost easier before, right? Like you were either having it or you weren't having it. Like there was hard rules. And as as hard to deal with as that was, like being told you had to postpone your wedding, at least you knew where you stood. Like now it's like you could turn up two days before and you could be asked to isolate, you know, and you you aren't able to be at your wedding. So yeah. it's 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 very hard It's a hard time to be trying to plan anything.
0: Yeah, I think that you touched on a point there that previously, like because of lockdowns, we didn't have to have often, you know, when weddings open back up due to the low case numbers, everyone at the wedding was, you know, it was pretty certain that you weren't going to get sick, but now there's this whole, you know, if you're a close contact or your family gets it, like the, the likelihood is a lot higher now. So, I guess, do you have any tips that come to the top of your head when you think about the pre-planning process?
1: I think really one of the biggest things for us, like when we first started, um, we spoke about it on last week, like one of the earliest things that you want to be doing when planning a wedding is is you need to be able to book your venue. And so, when you're talking to your venue, having a look at what their, what their sort of COVID policies are and talking to them about what, you can do if you have to cancel i think that's important to mm. know like a lot of people especially now moving into 2022 a lot of people are probably changing their COVID policy because it was it at expired day, at the end yeah. of 2021 so they probably have a new one this year if you're looking to get married at the end of 2022 or the early 2023 and thinking that it's all going to be over by then well who knows what can happen so it's always good to have have something actually written where it says like what. Is, is the process in place for if you do have to cancel or postpone?
0: Yeah, and I think it's a fair enough question now. Again, I think COVID policies are going to even have to change because, and I know this is one question we'll be asking, um, you know, our venue is what happens, and touch wood, this doesn't happen, is what happens if the bride or groom or, you know, the two people getting married are get sick or become a close contact days out from their wedding and then secondly um depending on your priorities in your wedding what if the, the few people you wanted there also get sick and it's it's a non-negotiable to have them there
1: exactly like it's not all just about you like as mm. much as you, you can control you you have other people who you'd really who you'd really like to have there so like if you're not able to have your parents there if you're not able to have your have your bridesmaids there? Is that something that you would consider like moving the ho- like the whole day around?
0: Yeah, and I think it's a conversation you need to have between you and your the person you're getting married to about how that works. And just on a guest list, um, I guess what we did, and we can kind of speak to this, is about having a couple of different guest lists so you obviously have this ideal guest list which for us sits around that 80 mark and we'll be also having like a priority guest list as well if the outbreak continues to be as bad or god forbid something worse comes along
1: i mean it's a bit of a weird situation to have a priority guest list when you would think about like if that's the priority then why aren't they the only people you're inviting anyway? Mm -hmm. But I think like last year really showed us that some people were only allowed to have 10 people at their wedding. You could only have like 30 at some weddings. Like making sure you know if you were to go ahead, like you have to be clear that if it was only to be cut down to only having 30, would you still go ahead? Like obviously if you would, you need to know who's going to be there. Mm -hmm. So making sure you have a guest list that has those 30 people and and making that clear because you don't want to be making that decision um, at mm. the end, when you're told like a week out, you can only have 30 people at your wedding next weekend and then you're trying to make decisions with people. So but being very clear on who is on that priority list.
0: Yeah. And that's not even just for lockdowns, right? Because you have mm. photographed some weddings, I know, and it's it's had to be cut down just due to capacity limits.
1: Mm. Mm. Like if you're in a venue and, and it can only hold 100 people and you've invited 150, you know, like,
0: yeah, you really need to know
1: square. who those top
0: 100 are. Yeah, and that kind of brings us to our next point about having a reserve list as well. So, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of advice I see online is to have, if you have a minimum of 80, go for 85 to 90 people so that you do have a buffer. But in that same kind of idea, have a reserve list um ready to go so people you can invite at the last minute if you need to maybe they didn't make the cut because you were you know you were trying to budget you're trying to stick to numbers but like I know at our venue we have a minimum 80 and I I'm you know so unfortunately there is a high risk that there's going to be a number of people who can't attend due to either being having covid themselves or being a close contact so yeah having I would say like five to ten people who, and it sounds a bit transactional, which sounds awful, but, you know, having people that are on the ready.
1: And I don't think people will really be upset at that, like especially if you're the type of person who is inviting a lot of people to your ceremony and not inviting them all back to the reception. Like if you're going to extend an invite a few days before to people who are already coming to your ceremony, just say we've had spots open up at our reception, like we would rather have people there than have it have those, have those numbers go to waste. Like mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. Like of course, yeah, you obviously don't want to get to a stage where it's transactional and you're just inviting people because you need to hit numbers. But um, I think if they're already going to be part of your day and they realize that they weren't coming to your reception because of expense and you could only have a certain number of people there, I think that that's okay and I think it's good to, to be able to invite them under those circumstances.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I guess just on the – your know, guest list and reserve list, etc., is also thinking like forward thinking. So ensuring that your venue has the square meter. So we're in New South Wales, so currently we're at a two square meter rule, uh, which could change, but that's what we're seeing at the moment. So you need, and typically they're two or four square meters. So when you're looking at a church or a venue or wherever you're thinking, especially if you're inside, thinking about how many people. At every square meter can fit. Um, also, you know, on this is checking if your venue allows you to do a redo ceremony. So we are we're having our ceremony in a church, and we were offered um, if you know the event arises that you could have your legal ceremony now and then you'll redo it. I guess as a fake ceremony months down the track.
1: Yeah, I guess it's not always uh, going to be the situation for everyone. Like probably for most people, they would want to move their whole ceremony uh, just to be on the same day as the reception. But a lot of people would like to get um, officially married on that day still. And if they're able to, without all their guests there, then that is still something you'd like to do. Then probably talk about that and then see if you can redo it uh, again a few months later or a year later. You know, like and making sure that's in their their policy as well. If the, if they include something like that,
0: yeah. And I think that kind of also touches on the point just about um, location as well is maybe you consider whether you feel more comfortable booking an outdoor ceremony that has an indoor backup but that, you know, is set up to go outdoors. So I guess that kind of is, at the, you know, everything you can do before because it's really tough to, you know, predict what it's going to be like on the month of or the week because it's that fine of your wedding day. Hmm. I um, mean,
1: I guess the other thing you do before is really to plan your wedding a long way in advance. Like it's not something that I would normally recommend but maybe you could move your wedding out rather than having a year engagement, have an 18-month engagement, just extend it a bit longer just to – just to really hope for those chances.
0: Definitely. I think if you have a bigger group, so say, you know, 300 or even 200 plus, I think that if that's really important to you and you really want the two to 300 people, it might have to be pushed back mm. if your venue allows that. So let's say we don't move our event and we've planned it and we want to go ahead with the date, what can we do, you know, in either just before you have your wedding or the day of,
1: I think important at the moment is is really one of the big things is to make sure that you're isolating or at least controlling your movements, like like mm. minimizing your movements in that week before. Like you don't want to be told on the Thursday or Friday before you have to isolate because you have COVID. Like you definitely yeah. don't want that on the day before your wedding. That's that's super stressful. So if you can, if you can make arrangements to like work from home that week before, or have the week off, or or just make sure you're not out in places with all, heaps of different people and make sure you're not coming into contact with a lot of people. I know it's going to be hard in that week before your wedding, especially if you're moving around to actually go to to the location of your wedding, but just really try your best in that week.
0: Yeah, this is something we're kind of um, been in discussions about. We're lucky our wedding kind of backs on. It's you know, a weekend after the Easter long weekend, so we do have an extended weekend, but we – are travelling for our wedding, so we have to be out and about, you know, in society for the last couple of days. But I guess thinking of things even then is about how you keep yourself safe. So maybe you don't go, you know, and go somewhere where you have to sit next to someone a long time, or you wear N ninety five masks and on isolation is if having certain people around you is really important maybe just flag it with them and be like hey you know i really want you to be there and i don't want you to get sick could you limit your movements
1: yeah like if it's as, as important to you to have all your all your bridesmaids there then just ask them as well i don't think it's a bad thing to ask them to like "I'll limit their movements that week before
0: some other things that you can do if it's really high case, and it really depends on what you're comfortable is, is with, because you might think 150, I feel comfortable, I don't have really vulnerable people, so you might not want to make or need to make any changes. Um, but, but one option is actually we kind of touched on it before, but moving your ceremony outdoors, you know, so you might have originally had it inside and now, you know, see if there's scope out, whether you can move it outdoors.
1: Yeah, it's not only just your ceremony as well. Like You can move your reception yeah. outdoors if you, if you have scope to do that. Like if you're getting married out on a farm and and you're having your reception inside a barn, yeah. like you can move that outside. That's like true. Like if it's a good evening, you can definitely – and I think this is not to um, – obviously it's still going to go ahead regardless, but this is to try and, try and mitigate that risk afterwards of older people being exposed to all your, your friends who may have been – in contact with someone you know like just to try to just to try to reduce that risk for them
0: yeah 100% and i guess even if you can't move it outdoors is seeing if there's you know windows you can open really think about ventilation so you might have like a marquee you could roll up the sides if it's a nice day
1: yeah i think like worst comes to worst is like masks like we obviously don't want to get to a point where we're asking guests to wear masks and especially if if they're at the if they're at your reception anyway they're not not going to be wearing them because they're going to be eating probably but if you're having your ceremony and it's indoors and you have to wear masks and if you move it outside well it's in a position where you don't need masks well you'd probably rather it outside yeah. in that scenario
0: and on masks is actually buying and investing in nice colored masks even if it's just for your bridal party um so you know having ones that match the dresses
1: yeah that's 100% like a little tip there and I think a lot of people would overlook that especially if you got to wear masks at your ceremony like if you're in a church or something and you need and you need to wear masks if you're in an area that that actually requires you to wear masks by law then definitely look at trying to get masks that match your outfits or trying to get masks that are a bit more upmarket than just like a standard hospital grade mask like trying to get something that actually looks good in photos because you don't want to be looking back on the photos and thinking wow they're amazing but have a look at that blue mask that person's wearing
0: yeah and just i guess um don't stress because every photo we've seen in your experience is the, the two people getting married in their wedding party do take them off when they're standing up so you will get photos in your ceremony without them. It's just for when you're sitting um, and I guess the photographer is taking photos. Oh, of course,
1: party. yeah. Like you are going to have them off for the majority of the day if you're the person who is getting married but ask ask friends and family just to wear like a nice mask or organise ones for your bridesmaids, as you say, like when they're in the chairs if they have to wear them because – it is going to be interesting to look back on those photos in 10 years and say, oh, wow, everyone was wearing masks because we got married like during this time. And if you're all wearing like really nice masks, you won't care. But if you're wearing blue masks, like like blue surgical masks, it's going to look a little, a little weird and a little out of your style for your wedding day.
0: Yeah, and that's something we definitely think about in terms of masks is like, yeah, it would suck if everyone had to wear a mask. But at the same time, in 20, 30 years when COVID, fingers crossed, is a thing that's a bit long gone, then we can look back and be like, wow, we got married in such a weird time. I guess on preventative measures and on health-specific measures is we've seen a rise in rapid antigen tests and how they play within an event space. And it's a really weird territory to navigate, I think. And I've seen online a lot of other couples struggling to navigate this as well. And I think it's because... One, rapid antigens are really expensive. So to cover that as a couple yourself within your wedding budget is going to be a huge expense and that's something I know we've talked about is if we were to go down that road, that expense.
1: Yeah, like that's an expense. And it's hard to ask other people to have to pay that as well. Like it's a lot of money Yeah. each, especially when the chance of them being negative is so high anyway. Like yeah. if they're only getting tested that morning but they they don't come back as being positive for a few days like it's a hard one it's a really hard line to draw.
0: yeah and i think also on that is managing positive and negative rats because it's going to be a huge job for you on the day if you're like oh can everyone take a route at 10 and you know if it's positive stay home and because you're just not going to know whether people have done it or not so i think you can politely ask people to consider it but it's also remember it's in the public health you know messaging that people should consider it if they have a big event but that's a personal choice and we can't really say whether or not that's a good thing to do it's up to your comfortability exactly
1: at the end of the day it's not on you like and you can't hold onus on that of course you can ask people ask people nicely and if you were to ask people to all all to do a rat. And if you are positive, like stay home, of course. But um, at the end of the day, there's always going to be that great uncle who is just going to say that they did one and it's negative even though they didn't do one yeah. anyway. And if, and if that's the case where a few people are going to slip through without having to do one, like how are you going to police that? I don't think that's something you really want to be doing on your wedding day. It's Of course, it's nice to ask people and you, and you might ask your bridesmaids or the, or the whole wedding party if they're going to be near you for the whole day to make sure that they can do one. But I just, I, I don't know, it's a, it's a hard one.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I guess moving on to easier things that you can do and that are in your control <laughs> is um, things in your receptions. So I guess some ideas that come to mind is considering spaced out sharing.
1: Yeah, of course. Like obviously you would have, have a consideration of how big your venue space is, and we we spoke about that at the start. Like planning out how big your space is, like making sure it's like like our venue holds three hundred people, and we're only going to have eighty. So if worse comes to worst, we can spread people. Um, I think that that is a is a good way to not have people interacting with other people for as long. Like if you can only have tables of eight rather than tables of twelve, that's a good thing as well.
0: Yeah. I think it works both in a venue space and in a ceremony space. So like in a church, you could leave a pew free or outside. You could have just that little bit extra spacing between the rows and then at reception, you know, yeah. Going down from tables of 10 to eight or even to six. Another idea is just, Um, to either keep family groups together or older people a little bit separate or vulnerable people separate from younger people because Mm. we know that younger people typically are the ones who spread it. And I can't imagine, you know, too many older people on the dance floor, so they're probably not going to interact many times other times throughout the evening. So um, strategically, I guess, thinking about where you're assigning people to sit and that kind of touches on Mm. meals as well so you could if you were in an inside venue maybe you can go to sit down meals to reduce the mingling between people or but even if you're out if you're outdoors the opposite applies you could Mm. go to a cocktail style so people aren't having to sit with each other all the time
1: all those are cool things yeah i think they're like the easy things that you can do but how do you feel about like cancelling the whole dance floor like cancelling dancing at your wedding, where do you stand on that?
0: Well, I think for me, it's a really big priority. Like, I really look forward to the dancing mm. aspect, and we are only having eighty people at our venue, at our reception. It's not my favorite thing, but at the same time, I would prefer to cut it out than cut the wedding. Mm.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: And I think the weddings can be really lovely without a dance floor. I think there's ways to make it really nice, and to be honest, not everyone's into dancing, so it's not your thing, and you're kind of like, uh, we just do it because it's part of the wedding. Like, just cut it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hard one to have to think about that, to have to try to cut that because it my- is it is really one of those things that a lot of people look forward to.
0: Yeah, and again, it's one of those comfortability things which makes it extra hard because you might feel like, you know, what my whole wedding guest list is vulnerable people and you feel uncomfortable potentially being that being a spreader kind of event but at the same time you know your guest list as well so I know I keep saying Mm. you know it's on you but it's these times that you really have to reflect and go what do I feel comfortable Mm. or what do we feel comfortable with and what do we feel comfortable asking our guests to do and that's how I kind of think about it. at least when we're talking about what we're going to do is what would I feel comfortable as a guest doing
1: yeah I know one of the other big things here especially in Australia is the idea of a close contact now a close contact is someone who has been in contact with someone who is confirmed to have COVID um they've sort of changed the rules on that recently here mm. to being someone who's been in the same room for over four hours with them.
0: But only in a household.
1: In a in a household. Mm. Is that something that – if the, those are the guidelines in that sense, is it something that you would consider like keeping a reception under four hours if they think that that is it's, – it's more likely to transmit if you're in the same room for even longer time? Like would you cut that down?
0: Yeah. I mean it's hard and I would actually – you know, as I've been, we've both been navigating this COVID space is New South Wales has some guidelines about risk assessments. Um, and they have, um, examples activities of what is risky and what you should potentially do. Obviously legally, I'm pretty sure don't take this as legal advice, but you only have to isolate if you, um, are in like a household setting, Mm. but if any other thing you don't, however it does suggest it in, other, mm. in think, other instances.
1: I think I'm just more talking about like if you are concerned for those older people and it, it means like having them in a room for over five hours to get all the stuff out of the way, are you better off to try and cut that down to three hours if, if mm. you think that that's less risk? Like because I think people would say why would you remove all the dancing if they're already going to be in a room for yep. four hours anyway? But I think removing the dancing – halves the actual time you're going to spend in the room. Like if you're not going to have dancing, you're not going to replace it with something else. You're probably just going to end your reception early.
0: Yeah, probably. And I guess with dancing, the hard thing is is you do get so close to people. And again, when you're considering other things to consider is, you know, weddings are one of those times where people hug. So I don't know, maybe that, yeah, it's a hard one, right? Because as you said, you know, you're already in a room together. And yep. you know, I would suggest, you know, doing your own research into the transmissibility stuff.
1: And all this stuff is like on you because the people you're inviting are your friends and family. At the end of the day, like you've got to take some onus. But then we also think about it as like if you're having it at a venue, there are going to be other people there who are outside your friends and family, like all the staff. So I think one of the big questions I get is like as – as a vendor, as someone who's going to be there, um, working with you through the day, how do you approach? How do you approach that? How do you approach having other people around you on the day? And and, and I think is it a case where we should be reducing the amount of people we're having there on the day? Like if you've organised a planner, like would you get them there on the day? Is there a need to have them there? Like who who can we reduce from our day? I think it's important to reduce your guest numbers, but also thinking about other people, other staff who who we can who we don't need there on the day.
0: Um, and one of the final things as well, and, this, you know, something that we're doing is, you know, new old favours. You know, you can give out masks and give out hand sanitizer. you know, have those freely available to encourage people to use them, which I think is cool.
1: Yeah, I don't think you have to give out something as expensive as a rat, but I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. hand sanitizer. making that available, making... You know, like handing handing everyone a new pen to be able to sign your guest book, so they each have an individual pen or something. You know, that's actually useful and practical, so that they're not having to having to be in contact with the same pen. You know, handing out masks if you if you are that way inclined, that you're going to care about how all the photos look. Handing all your guests a mask on the way in, like mm. if, if th- that is a thing that's going to make you feel more comfortable at the end of the day, and it's also a nice thing you can give people to be able to remember the day by.
0: Mm, definitely. I guess in the end it's, you know, we're not medical or legal people. We can't tell you what you can and can't do or how to act, but these are just ideas that we had and ideas we've been running through as a couple, you know, three months out from getting married ourselves. So it is really personal. And I have I feel for all the people who had their wedding cancelled and I also feel, you know, for all those people who are currently trying to navigate the planning with the big corona around us it's still here and it it looks like it's here for some time
1: yeah and i think i think that's the scary part for a lot of people like we're unsure how long it's going to stay for and and how long we'll need to use these these sort of things these planning measures because who knows it it may still be here next year like even if it's not as wild there's still the chance you could contract it next year and have to isolate Mm. so um while ever that's still the case then I think we still need to be thinking about these types of things like making sure you know what your priorities are for your wedding day like if you were to contract it are you going to move it if a family member contracts it will you still have it or would you have a smaller wedding on the day you know all these things are things I think you should be already thinking about anyway because anything could really happen you know but it's just become more at the front of our mind over the past couple of years yeah and if anyone else has any ideas of what they've done like interesting things that they've done at their wedding have you given out a cool favor have you asked people to ask people to do rats is that something that you've asked people to do at your wedding or or that you have been thinking about in the planning process we'd love to hear from you guys Um, we'll probably make a post about this on Instagram when this episode goes live so we'd love to hear about some of your things that you've done Uh, in the comment section below that would be really helpful and I think other people could gain something from that to be able to share in this experience because it is a new experience for a lot of people and we're all sort of learning through this together
0: yeah definitely but yeah, let us know because as we said we're only three months out and we're trying to navigate this space as well so it'd be really helpful and also just to see other couples going through it you know being a sign of a bit of solidarity as well
1: (laughs) and hopefully All things go well with your wedding. We haven't heard a lot of horror stories, but um, I think we're going to be hopefully moving out of this really soon and and everything will be back to smooth sailing, fingers crossed. But I think that's where we're going to leave this week's episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed this one, gained something from it. If you did, we would love if you could leave a rating or review over on whatever podcast app you are listening to this episode on. We would very much appreciate that and help us get this podcast out to other people planning their wedding and hopefully we can spread this advice and really help a lot of people out there and if you have been enjoying the episodes we'd love to hear from you on instagram we'd love to hear for a name for our new segment um what's on fleek this week do you like the name or do you have any other new names that you would like to call it but we'll let us know know. about the thongs and the thongs and the thongs (laughs) please do let us know about the thongs are thongs at at your at your reception going to be happening is that something we should be doing yes (laughs) Emily would love your support on that one. And if if we do get a lot, I don't know. It may happen. It may happen. I will will let you know on next week's episode so you'll have to tune in to hear what responses we got from that one next Friday's episode. But until then, guys, I hope you all have a great week. Bye. We'll speak to you next Friday.